City Slam. My name is Chris. His name is Mike. Belly on up to the nine-foot homemade oak bar. Pour yourself a cold one. Wrestling Chicago style awaiting you. Our guest today to Count Lou. We're going to talk to him in just a few moments. But first, we're going to bring in Mike for what we do before every show. I was just laughing about this. I believe that it's become a thing that nobody ever hears. When we set up everything when you're mobile, I have my mic check. And uh, I do my check of the mic, and then Mike gets on there. How are you, buddy? I'm checking in. I'm doing good. <laughs> You're my mic check. Anyway, so did you watch any of the Super Bowl before we get into any football? I mean, we got We got to bring up the fact that Tom Brady's like the greatest quarterback in the history of football, right? I mean, that's that's a that's a thing. And then also the fact that Rob Gronkowski takes a year off of football to wrestle in WWE, and only because of the pandemic decides he's going back to play football with Brady and catches two touchdowns. And could have been the MVP based upon that was at least probably in consideration, which is amazing to me. Yeah, I watched the entire game. Um, terrific effort by the Buccaneers defense. And uh, yeah, Brady looked good. Uh, Gronk looked good. Um, I'm sure Gronk has a spot waiting for him in WWE when he decides to return. Um, seems to have that goofy kind of pro wrestling character. So um yeah, I, I, I think um, I think we'll see Gronk back in the E very soon. And, uh, yeah, it was a um, great performance by the Bucks. Yes. Before we get to our guest, why don't you catch us all up on what's going on? Give us a breakdown of what we may have missed this week. Uh, Bruce City Wrestling in Waukesha, Wisconsin, suburban Milwaukee. That's Frankie DeFalco's uh, company. Chicago's home, Jesus Price, will be in action. Plus, we have Stacey Shadows defending her Bruce City Championship against the one-man riot squad, Gunner Wick. And straight from Chicago, the Sideshow. Nacho Clown and Cypher will be defending their BCW Tag Team Championships against Curse. On the national scene, we have Impact Wrestling, and they present No Surrender on the Impact Plus app, Saturday night, February the 13th. Champion Rich Swan defends the title against Tommy Dreamer, kind of a uh, nice uh, 50th birthday present for Dreamer, as he gets a championship shot in Impact. And also, former guests on the show, the Good Brothers, defend the Impact Tag Team Championship against Private Party from AEW. So that's a big card for them this weekend. And also on Sunday, NXT TakeOver's Vengeance Day, Valentine's Night. That's right, if you want to have a nice date with your uh, significant other, Check out NXT. You got Finn Balor defending the NXT Championship against Pete Dunne. That should be a banger. Uh, also, we have Io Shirai defending the women's title against Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Johnny Gargano defending the NXT North American title against Kushida, who uh, I really, really like as well. Kushida, a really solid guy. I, I think maybe a title change could be in the offing here. And then we'll have the finals of both the men's and women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classics. So very exciting show for NXT on tap as well. And this past week, AEW had a kind of um, a big surprise at the end of their Dynamite show. Looks like they have a relationship now with New Japan Pro Wrestling. So now at this week's Dynamite, we have AEW champion Kenny Omega and Kenta from New Japan, who used to be Hideo Itami in NXT and WWE. Did not pan out for him there, but everybody is just going nuts that Kenta is now working with AEW. So it was Omega and Kenta. 
against IWGP's United States Champion John Moxley and Lance Archer in a main event tag match on Dynamite this week. And one more item before we get, go on, rest in peace to Butch Reed, Hacksaw Butch Reed as he's known as, or the natural Butch Reed as he was in WWE. Unfortunately, Reed passed away at 66 years old. He was a big part of Mid-South Wrestling. Spent some time with WWE in the late 80s. Uh, defeated Coco Beware at WrestleMania 3. And he also, uh, his biggest, most well-known accomplishment was teaming with Ron Simmons as Doom in WCW. So very sad news from this weekend about Butch Reed. But a pretty good weekend wrestling overall. You know, a couple things there to unpack from what you just gave us. First of all, a couple of of former guests on the show. Remember, you can always go back and check them out. They're always on demand everywhere podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Jesus Bryce Benjamin going to be uh, going the Good Brothers as well. And then I also caught that thing. I thought, correct me if I'm wrong, maybe I'm nuts. Did the Good Brothers talk to us about the idea they were going to be doing something with New Japan Wrestling and it didn't work out? Or was that something else they were working on? Because oh. weren't they trying to link up something with Impact and another uh, and another uh, uh, a league or another another promotion? Yeah, they uh, wanted to work in New Japan, and Impact um, gives them the freedom to work with other promotions like a New Japan or uh, like uh, Indies and stuff like that. That was apparently in their contract. So, yeah, I think they still want to try to get into the New Japan thing, too. And maybe this thing with AEW and Impact and New Japan, I think at some point maybe you see all those heads kind of meet and you have kind of like a super card with uh, talent from all three of those organizations and even the NWA as well because we've seen a lot of the NWA women's division in AEW and that's really improved the AEW women's division overall having people like Thunder Rosa and uh, Serena D wrestling on uh, Dynamite so yeah I mean I mean it seems like that's what AEW is doing I mean it, let's think about this we've got we've got Impact and the Good Brothers who came on this show and talked about a 10-year deal that they had and the fact that they wanted to work with these these other promotions. Uh, you got uh, the AE, you got the Impact AEW crossovers. You've got New Japan now also working with AEW, but also with Impact. Uh, you're almost starting to see the beginnings of like some super promotion that would take on WWE. I mean, I, I almost feel like AEW's looked at this and said, "Well, we can't just go one on one with them, but if we opened up the doors." And some of these other like-minded individuals are thinking the same thing. Down the road here, we might see something completely different. It might be the first time you see a behemoth that's big enough to take on Vince McMahon. Yeah, at least get in the neighborhood of WWE. Yeah, at least, at least um, kind of start looking at uh, houses, if you will, into <laughs> moving into the exclusive neighborhood that WWE has controlled for the last 30 years. Check it so. out, yes. properties, see whether or not they can get a mortgage, stuff like that. All right, so you you want to get our guest on the line? Absolutely, yeah. We will get Lou on in just a moment. Very excited to bring him in. All right, so two count, Lou. This is going to be our first referee, right? Or did uh, did Val Capone count as our first referee? Didn't hasn't she ref oh, some things before? I'm trying to remember if she actually did ref a match or not. I, I can't remember now, but uh, yeah, first full time referee. Just to clarify, yeah, that we'll do that for sure. We definitely can declare that, and uh, we'll have to go back and listen on demand. 
to see whether or not uh, she's actually refed. Uh, now I have another reason to go back and listen to an older episode of Windy City Slam. There's quite a library there for all of you. So, Lou, give us a call. We're going to get him on the line here in just moments, and we'll be back. It's Windy City Slam, found everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Joining us on the phone line right now, uh, Two Count Lou. Hello, sir. How are you? Good morning, Chris and Mike. And uh, how are you guys on this uh, February 8th cold and chilly Monday morning? Um, congratulations to Tom Brady and the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers on winning Super Bowl 55 last night. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, Lou, if you've got a you got a uh, um, a microphone or whatever you're using to talk into. Just kind of space that a little bit further away. You kind of you sounded like uh, when I used to go to the McDonald's in 1987, and I couldn't understand what they were saying to me. But it was I got the gist of it. The congratulations to the Bucks, and thank you very much for joining us here on Windy City Slam. How do you get the nickname Two Count Lou? It's I think that's the most obvious thing that needs to be asked if you appear on any kind of show. Well, you know, Chris, um, and I hope this sounds better. I'm. Uh using a, a headset and everything, uh, calling in. Um, you know, there was a fan. I was uh, doing a uh, for a wrestling promotion um, out in Grand Park, Illinois, uh, and some fan just came up with the nickname Two Count Lou, kept saying that I was always missing the, uh, the three count and everything. <laughs> so it, it stuck, and... I, it's it's been like that for every other promotion that I go to. So, you know, and honestly, I really don't like it, but I mean, it's stuck with me. So I'm just going to keep it that way. You know, how much control, how much of an orchestrator uh, of like the conductor are you as the ref inside of the ring? on a normal basis. Uh, are you are you constantly trying to keep track of like how long the match is going in case there's something coming from the back, if there's something that you need to tell one wrestler or another one? How much of a conductor are you? Because I've always gotten the impression that the ref is a big part of every match. Oh, yeah. The, uh, the referee is a huge part of the match, trying to um, remember a lot of uh, things, you know, going on. So I have to say, you know, anywhere between 75% to a hundred percent of, you know, contribution to all the matches. And, um, back in the day when I was officiating for uh, pro championship wrestling, at one point I was the only official. So here on a weekly to every other weekend running shows, and being the only official and you have eight to nine matches trying to remember everything is really, really hard. I can imagine. I mean, yeah. I mean, trying to remember, you know, everything that's going to happen throughout the, the show and everything. It's, it's really, really hard. Wow, that's crazy. Um, working an entire card on your own. Uh, some of those dream nights, I assume too, were you by yourself for pizza? No, 
<clears throat> no, Dream Nights, um, for some reason, always had somebody. And, um, but some other shows that we did for a while that were, you know, leading up to Dream Night or some of the other big shows, you know, it, it would have been just me at some times. So, you know, it was, it was pretty hard to, like I said, try to remember all those matches and, you know, not mess up anything. So, well, real quick, uh, to um, kind of expound on PCW, um, do you ever have any run-ins with a, a friend of Windy City Slam, P.L. Myers at all, doing those shows? You know what, gentlemen? P.L. Myers is a great guy. Yes, I've had many runs, uh, run-ins with him. Um, and now, unfortunately, being with um, the new promotion that started up last year out of uh, Michigan City, Indiana, the... Uh, Chicagoland uh, Championship Wrestling. Uh, P.L. Myers and Kingpin are are both over there. The Chicago connection has resurfaced, so um, it's all good. Uh, I love P.L. Great guy and everything. So, but yes, we've we've had our fair share of of things over the twenty seven years that I've been uh, in pro wrestling. 27 years and uh my first experience watching you is uh because i just recently got into independent wrestling in the area probably like the last seven eight years first time i saw you officiate was for pro wrestling blitz for their WrestleFest show in august of 2014 now that was an amazing night uh no air conditioning there were like three thousand people uh right down the block from where i lived at that point in joliet and uh, you're in the middle of the ring with uh, guys like uh, Machine and Abyss. Uh, it was kind of an amazing night. Um, uh, tell me a little bit about that night for you. Um, that was an awesome night. Um, I appreciated uh, Tony Scarpone and uh, the Blitz family for uh, asking me to um, come out there and officiate uh, some of the matches. Um, actually, I got hurt that night. Um, in one of the matches, um, I can't even remember which one it was, but, uh, re-aggravated a, uh, occurring injury that I had, but, um, it was a great night. I got to, uh, bring Abyss back to, uh, his hotel room. And then, uh, we went to the after party and then I brought him back to his hotel, um, after we were all done. So that was uh, a great night, really nice guy, abyss and everything. So, and you know, it was great to work with Craig Swan and uh, machine and ringmaster, all those guys. Yeah. Some great uh, big time names and some great Chicago names too. Oh Chicago. yeah. It was an awesome show. And later on tonight uh, on this, on this podcast, I will be announcing next week's guest and a real quick hint for those who can't wait another 15 minutes, he wrestled on that show, on that very WrestleFest 5 show. So the guest for next week will be somebody who participated on that card. Um, so you told me recently, too, that you had formal wrestling training when you first broke in, but you decided to go the referee route. What was the story behind that? Um, so when Sonny Rogers actually trained me um, for the uh, – down he had a training center across from the Aragon Ballroom uh, down in the city of Chicago. And after doing some training and everything, uh, we would go out to uh, Indiana 
to do uh, Indiana Championship Wrestling. Uh, I did some ring announcing, played a commissioner, and we were just talking on the drives, and Sonny said, you know, how would you, instead of wrestling, um, how would you like to do official, to be an official or do the ring announcing or play a commissioner? And I, I told him, I said, Sonny, I said, what's, what's ever best? You know, if you feel that there's something that I'm not going to be able to do, like actually wrestling, you know, I, I didn't, this was always my dream to get into pro wrestling. Uh, so you know, I was happy. Um, I actually grew up not too far from the old uh, Windy City Wrestling Training Center on uh, Irving Park Road. And I would run into Sonny and a lot of the boys on a Saturday uh, morning getting coffee at a 7-Eleven right there by the training center and would go and watch uh, some of their events. So, you know, I was just happy that we came to an agreement of being able to do something else um, in pro wrestling instead of saying, you know what, you're not cut out uh, to wrestle. So, you know, I'm really greatly appreciated of, you know, everything that he's done for me over the years. So um, you also mentioned to me that you did some work back in the day for ECW, WWE and WCW. Uh, what was that like? Um, it was actually awesome, a, a dream come true. If I mean, if I were to say today that I wanted to walk away um, from this sport and everything, I think I have accomplished um, a lot and have done a lot. So, you know, working with all three of those organizations, and there was a couple times doing a Friday night with uh, ECW uh, and then a Saturday night with WWE uh, Sunday night doing a indie show like Windy City or something, and then Monday doing Nitro up at the United Center. I mean, doing four shows in a row. I mean, that was actually something awesome. And working with those guys, I've met you know a lot of great guys. Uh, Jack Doan, Chad Patton um, helped me sometimes when they were in town. Uh, went over some stuff with officiating for me to show me what I needed to know and learn, you know. So I appreciate both of those guys also for uh, giving me pointers and everything. And honestly, you know, I mentioned you were talking about Tommy Dreamer earlier. Um, Tommy Dreamer, uh, a great guy. Um, and actually they were down, I think ECW was in – Gosh, I'm trying to Peoria. I think it was doing a TV taping, and they uh, one of the guys that I was working with for the state of Illinois Athletic Commission uh, mentioned to Tommy, "Hey, let uh, let Lou go out there for the second half of the TV taping and be the timekeeper for the show." So Tommy said, "Do you think you're up for it?" And I said, "Yeah." And he said, okay. So I went out there and Chili Willie comes out. Now, I don't know how many people remember Chili Willie. Um, you know, he had the top hat, uh, the jacket and everything. He calls me up to the ring to grab it. And you know how crazy the fans are in ECW. I mean, they were throwing stuff at the ring. And when I went up there to grab it, 
I lost my balance and slipped some. And I, the fans went crazy saying, you effed up, you effed up. You, yeah. So, I mean, but that to me, that was uh, fun and exciting. Um, there was a, a gentleman, I can't remember, because I'm always used to Michael Buffer back in the Windy um, WCW days. Uh, there was another gentleman that did uh, their ring announcing and we were in Peoria and here comes uh, Dustin Rhodes flying over the top rope, fell right on top of me. The guy was like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. You know, this, this is part of the business, you know, this was, I mean, that was awesome for him to fall right on top of me, uh, <laughs> sit in, sit in ringside doing the timekeeping and, here he comes flying over and I had no clue about it. I mean, he just came over and landed right on top of me. So, um, it was an awesome time. Are there differences between the different promotions that stick out to you? I mean, I, I, I hear you talk about how you have a weekend where it's possible that you're at uh, WCW at nitro. You, you did WWE, you did ECW. I think we all have our impressions of those promotions, especially at the time when they were all in their heyday. And you think to yourself, all right, well, WCW was a mess and completely unorganized in certain ways. I mean, that's the impression that people have. And that, like, you know, the wrestlers were running the show. And meanwhile, Vince is like the controlling guy in WWE. Or, and he's going to make sure that everything's on top, you know, that everything's going to run the way he wants it to run. Was it a different way that they all operated that was noticeable to you as a ref? And all honestly, I mean, we were told of being there at specific times. Um, so you, you could feel a difference in the atmosphere of how everything was being run. And, and all honestly, Vince doing uh, WWF slash WWE was more organized um, than with uh, World Championship, uh, World, WCW. I, there's so many promotions that use WCW <laughs> and everything you get, yep. you get confused. But yeah, with Nitro and all them, they... You know, uh, it was it was totally different. They were disorganized. They had Nitro Girls, but yeah. otherwise they were disorganized. That's what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, Nitro Girls, good organization, bad. All right, good. That's pretty much yeah. what I kind of thought. Nitro Girls. Yeah, you know, and, and all honestly, knock, listen, Mike, don't you knock Nitro Girl. Mike gives me a hard time every time I point out that there's hot girls in wrestling. He's like, oh, you can't say that. You can't like talk about women as objects. You can just see he gets all upset. I'm like, there's a reason they got a bunch of girls dancing around Skippy outfits. It's so I'll watch it. That's what they're doing. <laughs> I appreciate what they bring to it. I appreciate yeah. it. I, I actually got my picture once taken with major guns nice. um, and, and tried for, you know, a couple of the, the Nitro girls. And some of them were like, nah, doing WWE back at the time with it being that, you know, WWF, um, a lot of guys were cool. I mean, here you are, Rosemont Horizon, you know, a lot of people grew up going to those shows and watching them there here I'm backstage with those guys hanging, um, eating in the, uh, catering area with guys in the area, you know, not sitting at tables with them, but sitting at a table, maybe across from the rock or stone cold. So that's just cool. That's just awesome. Cool. Yeah. You know, we were talking yeah. about the thing at uh, Royal rumble, uh, on our last show when Trevor outlaw came on and ruined the whole thing because he's terrible. But uh, we were talking, <laughs> We were talking about uh, the Royal Rumble and the mistake at the end of that match where it's obvious that after Kevin Owens 
handcuffs Roman Reigns yeah. and he can't get up. And then yeah. the ref just stops counting. And I was, I knew we were having you on. Have you ever been in a situation where either a, something goes wrong and you have to cover that you could share with us or B oh, yeah. where oh, things yeah. just go haywire. And now you're, I mean, I would imagine at that point you're communicating with them. Like this is how we're going to fix this. I mean, can you take us through something like that? Uh, you know, I, I've always been told that if uh, somebody's shoulders are on the mat and if they don't kick out, you count it. But I've had other times where people have told me, don't you dare, you better figure out something else. And that's rough because if you notice that the guy's in trouble and you're thinking to yourself, he might not even be able to kick out of this, right? And right. now and now you're slow counting. And now you're just, as you're bringing it down a third time, you're probably almost praying. Like, what do I do? What do I, how do yeah. I, how do I do this? Because like, there, how do you, you can't like stop halfway down without any kind of explanation either. That's got to put you yeah. in a really weird situation. Oh, it does. It does so much, but, um, there's been so many different times of trying to, you know, figure something out, um, or there's been times where somebody will come up and be like, I can't finish the match. We were, you know, we're taking it home now. Right. And I'll be like, okay. You know, so, I mean, there's so many different scenarios. And you kind of, and you have to, you have to adjust to those scenarios in ring. And, oh yeah. And, and it doesn't, I've always had the impression that, uh, that there's messages sent sometimes from the back room. I've seen refs all of a sudden, somebody's talking to them off to the side and the camera doesn't cut them out all the way. And then I see the ref in the middle of it and he's communicating something when they're all locked up. So you're a conduit as well, right? Oh yeah. I, I mean, there's a lot of things you, as you see now, um, with, uh, WWE, uh, they wear earpieces. So, you know, a lot of that stuff comes from the back from, uh, the gorilla position. So, you know, to communicate like that, a lot of time we didn't have that. When, when I started out, um, we did not have, uh, nobody had headsets or anything. So, so you know, you had to try to figure something out. Or like you said, if somebody else came from the the back or something and tried to get my attention. I think that what you do in the ring, I think what any ref is doing in the ring, while it may not be hard physically, it may be the most difficult job of anybody that's inside of those ropes, just because you have to keep track of everything and you have to keep track of what's going on on the outside. And if something goes wrong, even if it isn't your fault, somebody might just blame you for it. Like it's, that's a rough, that's a rough thing to be a part of right there. Uh, but I also would, I would imagine you get a, a certain level of respect from the wrestlers because they know that they need a good ref in there to pull off a good match. Do they get that? Or is that something where you get guys who just think it's just the guys and they don't even, they don't even understand what the ref's doing. No, there's, there's a lot of, uh, guys that I work with that have told me straight out that they, you know, want me specifically, um, as a referee for a match because they, they love my work style and everything. So, you know, I, I really appreciate that. And finally, before uh, we wrap up and let you go, uh, as we do with all of our guests, uh, go ahead and promote your social media and where fans can find you, as well as any upcoming shows you have in the pipeline. All righty. So you can uh, 
search on Facebook. You could look for uh, Louis Anthony Tefano. Um, you can also search the official page of Louis Tefano on uh, Instagram. It is Lubowski72. Uh, and I believe I've got to double check. I don't do much Twitter anymore, but I also think that it's the same uh, handle on yep at, Luba, uh, at Lubowski72 on Twitter. Upcoming shows, you know, with the pandemic, it's been rough for a lot of promotions to run. Uh, and it's good, though, to start seeing a lot of promotions come out and start running. It looks like a lot of them got to go up into uh, Wisconsin or Indiana mm-hmm. to, to run. I do know some promotions have got away with doing it in Illinois with a low capacity uh, crowd. But my next show coming up is for Chicago Land Championship Wrestling on Saturday, April 17th in Michigan City, Indiana. That is a TV taping for them that will be aired on uh, Amazon Prime and all the other uh, affiliates uh, that John and Chicagoland uh, Championship Wrestling uh, have. So I look forward to actually getting back in the the ring the last time I was in an event we did uh, was in Michigan City, Indiana for them in October. So I'm looking forward to April 17th and getting back out there. Lou, thank you so very much for coming oh, no. on. Love thank you guys for time. having me. Yep. All right. You guys have a good day now. You too, you Lou. Too. Thanks a lot. All right. Take care. Bye-bye. That's Bye-bye. two count Lou right there. And that was, I, I think some of that was uh, just absolutely fascinating just because I've always just been curious as to what it's like to be in the middle of the ring and the things that they have to adjust to. And I feel like you could peel back that onion over and over and more and more. There's so much we could get in with him. And uh, hopefully down the line, we'll get to talk to Lou again. Mike, what do we got coming up next week? Make sure that people understand not only can they go back and catch up on some, some great material from Windy City Slam. It's on demand everywhere you could find a podcast. I mean, you could say, hey, Alexa, play Windy City Slam. Boom. It's just playing. It's on iHeartRadio. It's everywhere. And then they also want to make sure to subscribe so they don't mix next week. Who do we have next week? Next week, very excited. Uh, longtime veteran Chicago wrestler and former Impact Wrestling superstar all day, Marche Rocket. Boom. Man, Mike yes. brings the guest. He brings the heat. He, br- he brings it all. He's doing an excellent job, and we are happy to bring this to you each and every week. Make sure you are subscribed. Share it with your friends. Tell them all about it. Don't miss an episode of Windy City Slam. We will be back next week, and we are on demand everywhere. Podcasts can be found and always at WindyCitySlam.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Say that my soul